0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much he loves us starts right now.
1: Guys, I read a story. You probably have heard it, but let me me just kind of go over it just a little bit. I thought it was interesting. There was a young man, and he was getting ready to graduate from college. And for many months... He admired a beautiful, amazing sports car. He just loved it, right? In the dealer showroom. And knowing that his father could well afford it, he told him that this is what I want. This is what I want for, I want the sports car. Well, as graduation day approached, uh, the young man awaited for, uh, signs that his father had purchased the car. He kept looking. He'd walk in the garage and kind of peek and, okay, well, graduation day's coming. This is, this is interesting. Well, finally, on the morning of his graduation, his father called him into the private study. Son, come here. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. The father said, Son, I am so proud of you. And you are such a fine young man. And he told him how much he loved him. And then he handed his son a beautiful wrapped box. Curious. But somewhat disappointed, the young man opened the box and found a lovely leather-bound Bible with the young man's name embossed on it. Angrily, he raised his voice to the father and said, With all the money you have, you give me a Bible? And he stormed out of the house, leaving the Bible. Many years, guys, had passed, and the young man was very successful in business. He had a beautiful home, a wonderful family, but he realized that his father was very old and thought perhaps he should probably go to him. He had not seen him since that graduation day. But before he could make arrangements, guys, he received a telegram telling him his father had passed away and willed all of his possessions to his son. He needed to come home immediately and take care of things. When he arrived at the father's house, sudden sadness and regret filled his heart. He began to search through his father's important papers and guess what he found? He still found that brand new Bible just as he had left it years ago. With tears, he opened the Bible and began to turn to the pages, and his father had carefully underlined this verse. It was Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. He says, If ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father, which is in heaven, give those to whom he asks him? Now, as he read those words, guess what happened? A car key dropped from the back of the Bible and add a tag with the dealer's name, and the same dealer who had the sports car he had desired. On the tag was the date of his graduation, and the words paid in full. I thought, wow. As I read that story and I began to think of it, many of you have probably heard that a lot of pastors have used that in the past, but here's my thought. I thought, how many times, church, listen, how many times have we missed God's blessings because they were not packaged as the way we expected? How many times? The young man goes looking inside the car, inside the garage, what could it be, Lord? We, you know, and, and yet it was there the whole time. Now, think about this, okay? Put on your thinking caps, church. Um, Both the life of Joseph and the cross of Jesus Christ. You go, I'm sorry, what do you mean? Well, let me unpack it, okay? So tonight, guys, as we study, we're gonna see how Jacob, right? Jacob is gonna bless, he's gonna bless Joseph's boys. He's gonna bless Ephraim and Manasseh. These are boys that Joseph had there in Egypt. He's going to, Bless them now, the thing about it is is where we get cross blessings is that dad is going to cross his hands and he's going to bless the younger over the older Manasseh's the older boy okay manasseh's the older Ephraim is the younger now you understand in that culture the older gets the blessing he gets the bigger blessing the younger doesn't get that he's the younger he's the young man but but there's a cross. And, hence the title of the message, Cross Blessing. But then I thought, what about the cross? Oh, no, no, not crossing your arms, but the cross of Jesus. Right? Because this is also a blessing to many people. Many people miss this blessing, guys, because, think about it, because salvation wasn't packaged like we thought. Many people miss the blessing of peace with God, the blessing of comfort, joy, uh, the, the blessing of walking with the God who created us because, well, it wasn't packaged how we thought. There's no way. He's just a man on a cross next to two other. One's on the cross. Listen. Listen to the way 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 reads. It says this, For the message of the cross is foolish. To those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Of course, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it, and it says here, the message of the cross, guys, is foolish. It's foolish to those who are perishing, but to us it's, it's not foolish, is it? It's a blessing and and again, those that are I, I mean I mean I think about it like this, okay It was Oswald Chambers who once said quote, All heaven is interested in the cross of Christ, and all hell is terribly afraid of it, while men are the only beings who are more or less ignore its meaning. End quote. You go, what did he say? He says, man, all of heaven, guys, look down, and they they, they, they wait for it. All of hell, right? He says, all of hell is terrified of it, and, and it's only men who go, eh. Eh. And so tonight, guys, as we learn about cross blessings, let's take a look at Genesis 48 and then just keep our mind on the cross of Christ, okay? But let's go back real quick because chapters 47, 48, 49, 50, they all sort of run together. So let me just kind of go back and remind you where we left off last week, okay? The running theme of chapter forty-seven is blessing. Now, here's what I had, had God had put in my heart. The one thing we need to always remember, guys, is that as a life of a believer, you're going to be persecuted. There's going to be some sufferings, and there's going to be trials and tribulations. Can I get an amen? That's the. But but what we don't we we need to remember that is we've got to take the good as well as the bad. And so as we take the sufferings and we take the trials and we go, oh man, we also get the blessings. And so I wanted to remind you. And so chapter 47 was all about blessings, right? The family comes to Egypt. Pharaoh, what? He blesses. Check this out. He blesses the brothers and gives them the very best of the land. Guess where they settled? They settled in the land of Goshen, right? It tells us in Genesis 46 or 47, 5 and 6, it says, Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land, and let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know any competent men among them, make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. Now, here's what we do. Notice the blessing. He gives them, guys, think about it, the best of the land. We get the best. Oh, I understand, guys, I understand that. That sometimes life is not what we want it to be. I understand that our ideals, but listen, when you're a believer, you get you get the best of the land. You get Jesus. Nobody can take that away from you. He says, "Give him Goshen. Give him Goshen." Right? You know, and I love Goshen because Goshen is a part of Egypt, but it wasn't Egypt. You understand? And he says, give them Goshen, right? In other words, he says, we are, we are what? In the world, but we're not of the world. So as a believer, we're, we're walking in this world, but we're not of it. And I like that. Why? Because, because in Goshen, they wouldn't be influenced by the Egyptians. And the world wants to influence us, guys. The universities want to influence, influence. Our work wants to influence us. There's a lot of us that want to pull us back down. See, you've got enemies behind the scene working on, working to get you, get you fall back, get you, get you knocked out of the game. But we're, we're in Goshen. We're in Goshen. And then he says, make him the chief herdsman over first. He gives him great jobs. He gives him great jobs with wonderful perks. Well, then we learned, guys, that the aging Jacob meets the king of Egypt and he blesses him, right? We learned that last week. So here comes Jacob, right? How old is Jacob? He's 130 years old. He comes in, right? And, and he, and, and, and Jacob actually blesses the king of Egypt. Now that's not supposed to happen. Why? Because the blessing would have implied superiority. In other words, he'd have walked in and he said, I'm going to bless you, Mr. King. Right? And he's like, no, 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 dude, I'm, I'm superior. I'm the key. Listen, don't you. St-. But I believe, I believe that Pharaoh allowed it because he said, man, this is, the, you're the dad of, of, of Joseph saved us, man. He, he saved us. Why? Because we had seven years of, of great harvest. It was amazing. But we're in year two of what? of a a bad famine, right? And in the midst of the famine, Pharaoh has not missed a meal. Nothing's changed because of the wisdom that God gave Joseph. So you go, okay, okay. You go, pastor, why are you saying all this? Here's why, here's why. Because serving God, walking with Jesus, guys, is never a mistake. It's never something you go. Oh, maybe I should have. He gives us the best of everything, and he walks with us. And even in the midst of our sufferings, even in the midst of our heartaches, even in the midst of our hardest days, guys, we still have peace beyond everything because of God. And 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 it's our lives have changed because we fall. Listen, listen. Let me tell you, y'all are crazy. You go. What do you mean? Listen, we believe in a God that we literally haven't seen we see the effects of God we see his creation we see but we really believe don't we we believe when we take our final breath we're going to see God okay but where did God come from Uh, I don't know the Bible says he's always there he was always there we also know that what that God is good we know that God is good We know that in Him there is no darkness, but we believe. Listen, and if you, if you watch the news at all, you know that we're going to go home soon. And I say that sincerely. I literally go, we're walking day by day. We're walking day by day. I am in my spirit. So if you know this, we're pleading with people to come to know Jesus. We're pleading with people not to, not to waste time. On Sunday, if you, if you weren't here on Sunday, you need to be. But we had several people raise their hand and, 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 and want to commit their life to Jesus. And you know what I was thinking the whole time? I wonder if one of them's the last Gentile so we could get out of here. I wonder. So what do you do? I keep giving the gospel. I keep saying, hey, if you're not right with God, you need to be right with God. You got to open up your heart. You got to let the guilt go away. You need to be with Jesus. That's, That's what's going on. And then I was looking through the text, and remember this, this is real important, and we'll get to our, I promise we'll get to our study, but this is real important. Um, I want you to keep, I want want you to keep this in mind. Look at verses 8 through 10. It said, Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of my years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of my life of my fathers in the days of my pilgrimage. So Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and he went out from Avorum. Do you guys see that? Now, why do you bring this up? Because this is something the Lord really impressed upon me. We notice that as Jacob recounts his pilgrimage, this means his journey here on Earth and Heaven is this real home. the The question was simple. Hi, how old are you? He goes, well, I'm 130. Boy, I feel like it. Oh, that journey from Canaan was rough. But he, but he says, no, no, no. As a matter of fact, it's just a pilgrimage. It's just a journey. It's just a journey. And, and so I started thinking about this. Now, now again, he, he, here's the thing: we're all on a pilgrimage. Amen. Heaven is our home. That's where we're going to go. We're not going to live forever. If the Lord Jesus doesn't come back, there's going to come a day when I take my final breath on earth. Let me ask you a question. How's it going with your journey? How's it going in your walk? How's it going in your life? You know, what do you mean? How are you spending the years... Of your pilgrimage. Because I would really be super bummed if I was like, ah. And I have a lot of regrets. Here's my point. Here's my point, okay? Sometimes, church, we get caught up in life. We get caught up in life. And we forget to simply... um That the journey really is supposed to be enjoyed. We get so caught up that we forget that life should be enjoyed. That we're called to love. We're called to laugh. You guys know what I'm talking about. When was the last time you laughed so hard that you just cried? And you might have been with some friends, and it might, I mean, you just laughed and laughed, and it just does so, and that's what we're called to do. Guys, the journey is to be enjoyed because we're supposed to forgive each other. And the journey is to be enjoyed because, because he calls us to share. To share. Author Shannon Sponberg writes this. Listen to what she says. Life is a journey filled with lessons, hardships, heartaches, joys, celebration, and special moments. Amen, right? But what they'll do is they'll ultimately lead us to our destination, our purpose in life. The road will not always be smooth. In fact, throughout our travels, we will encounter many challenges. She goes on to write, some of these challenges will test our courage. Okay, some of these challenges will test our strengths, our weaknesses, our faith, isn't that true? This is life. Along the way, may we stumble upon obstacles that will become that will come between paths that we are destined to take. In order to follow the right path, you must overcome these obstacles. Sometimes these obstacles are really blessings in disguise, only we don't realize that at the time. End quote. I like what she writes. Now, she goes on to write a larger article, but I, I just thought, you know what? That's exactly it, isn't it? Because oftentimes in our life, what she's saying to us is that oftentimes in life, we, we look at obstacles like these are getting in the way, but, but if we have proper perspective, guys, these obstacles sometimes are really blessings, and we didn't realize it at the time. Take a moment. Take a moment and Think. Think about something that you go, oh, I really wanted that. I'm so glad I didn't get it. And it turned out to be an obstacle, and it turned out to be a blessing. But you thought at the time, oh, i got to have this. This will make everything better. This is how it will be. Ah, Wow. We have to be careful with relationships because that's how relationships are. We go, oh man, Lord, I I want this relationship and I think this is good and and and. Well, due for the sake of time, we need to jump into our text. So we come to the third and final blessing, guys. As Jacob is on his deathbed, now he's lived a hundred and forty-seven years. Okay and he says, they've, they, we've had some hard times, we've had some good times, and so he's on his deathbed. You understand that, okay? Um, that's where we're going to jump into our text. He's going to bless his kids. Guys, so Genesis forty-eight one says this, now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Now, there are two things I want to point out, but I want you just to keep that. You know what I say for further reference, look at verse one again, okay? It came to pass, okay? And it says, dad's sick, and J- Joseph comes with his two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. Everybody got that, okay? Well, you go, what do you want to point out, Ben? No, here's what I want to point out, okay? Notice that the first verse says, and it came to pass. And it came to pass. You go, why? Because I want to offer you some encouragement, okay? Guys, When Joseph and Jacob, when Jacob is 147 years old, the famine has passed. It was only for seven years. So it it was gone. So Jacob lives a little bit longer, but it came to pass. And you go, Ben, I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Well, I love this because no matter what's going on in your life right now, it'll come to pass. And some of those hard times, and some of those—listen—we need to keep perspective because brighter days on the horizon. What's the point? Remember, Jacob comes. "Ah, What's going on? We're starving, man. There's no food in Canaan. It's year two. Joseph pulls them in. They're taken care of. And now there's not even a famine. They're probably what? They're probably having a blast there in Goshen. They're probably eating well. You go, pastor. The point. The point is, listen. I promise you, one day COVID will come to pass. It will. And we'll sit here and we'll go, I cannot believe it might take a year, it might take two, it might be seventeen, I hope it's not. But but you see where we're going. It'll come to pass. Now here's what I wrote in my notes. How can you say, how can you say that when you don't know what will happen in the next few months? How can you say that? And I wrote down because my Jesus told me that he would take care of me, not to worry that our secures are in our, our lives are secure in his hands. so are you saying that in in december we'll we may still be doing the same thing, but I know our Jesus got us. The second thing I want to point out, guys is chapter 48 and forty nine here's what they do. you ready? they reckon, they record what we call a deathbed testimony, a deathbed testimony. Now, this is something we marvel at. Why? Because, to be honest with you, most of us won't get a death deathbed testimony or blessing. You, you, you understand that, okay? We won't get this. So, life sometimes hits us very hard. Sometimes there's accidents. Sometimes it's You won't get to lay there, have your family come in and let me bless you, my children. We don't do that. Let me remind you guys of 2012. My father at the time was 81 years old. He took a stumble. He took a spill. We took him to the hospital only to take him home a week later on hospice. He wasn't going to recover. Now, I remember laying in that, I remember uh, being around him and just being with him the night before he passed the next morning. But I was thinking, if my dad knew this was the final night, on, he would have blessed us. He would have told us. He would have imparted some wisdom. He didn't know until his breathing got shallower and shallower. You go, Pastor Ben, what, 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 what's your point? Here's my point. Let me, let me just say this. It's important for us to bless people now. Encourage people now. This is what we need to do. I don't want to wait. Tell your family you love them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them uh, how much God loves them. Tell their family right now. Don't wait for that. So then the wheels got turning, Joe, and I started thinking. I started thinking. I thought about a deathbed testimony slash blessing. Is what was going to happen, or a deathbed confession? You guys know what it. You know the difference. The difference is here in scripture. He's going to bless them. He's going to bless them, but a deathbed a deathbed confession is going. Oh, bring them in. Let me tell you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's confessing all the stuff. He, and I started thinking about that. Right. And I thought, I mean, it would be nice to have your family all around you, right? Uh, It would be nice to have my family all around me before I die at a ripe old age so nobody get any ideas, okay? And, um, but I thought, what a difference. You go, Ben, what should we do? Here's the point, guys. Let's take some time to confess now so we can bless later. Take the time to say I'm sorry. Let's bless. Let me, let me confess now. I'm yeah, yeah. I don't want to be laying in my bed at let's say 92, going oh I should have done this. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have told my wife I loved her more. I'm. I confess that I didn't do this. I confess I didn't do that. It's better just to confess that those things now that are in your heart, and and then bless later. Well, you go. Well, what's his testimony? Well, look in verse two, and Jacob was told, look. Your son Joseph is coming to you. Now, remember, he's old. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. Now, look at verse 2 real quick, okay? Because it says, it implies both names. It says, Jacob, right, he'll catch her. And he says, and Israel, one God rules. And I love that. Why? Because it, it shows who he really is. And it says, and Jacob was told, look, your son, Joseph, he's coming. And Israel was, okay, And he said, then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make you a multitude of people and give you the land of your descendants as an everlasting possession. Here's his testimony, guys. He says, listen, God was initiating this relationship with me. He said, God appeared to me in the land of Luz and he said he was going to bless me. So, what does Jacob do now, guys? If you're taking note, Jacob is going to bless Joe's boys. He's going to adopt them. You go, he does? Yeah, check it out, verse 5. He says, Now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. Do you guys see that? They are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget after that, Joe, they're yours. They will be called by your name of their brethren in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came to Padan, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was but little distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried there on the way to Ephrath, which is Bethlehem. Now, he's adopting them. Now, you see this, okay? Now, there's something amazing happening and something sad at the same time. I want you to grasp this. You go, sad? How so? Well, here's the one thing, okay? Jacob, 147 years old, barely pulls himself up on the bed, and he, what does he do? He adopts Ephraim and Manasseh. He adopts them as his firstborn sons, and he sees them as his own. These are my boys. Any boys you have after that? any of that? They're yours. But these two boys are mine. You guys with me? You guys with me? Okay? What does he do? He's elevating them in position in equal as his other boys. Now, we all know those are grandsons. Those are grandsons. But now, positionally, they're, they're mine. They're my boys. They're my boys. Okay? What else did he do? He also ensured Joseph's descendants would receive a double inheritance. This is amazing. This is amazing that grandpa would do this. This is amazing. But you go, well, how is it a sad thing? Pastor, how is it a sad thing? Well, apparently, at the same time, Jacob transfers the rights of his firstborn son, Reuben, to Joseph. Okay? So Reuben, guess what? he doesn't have the rights of a firstborn anymore. He doesn't get a double blessing, and that's really sad. Well, why why did Reuben well why 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 he mentioned Reuben and Simeon, what's going on here? Do you guys remember Reuben forfeited his place of uh, of, of, of preeminence because of his fornication he He actually had sex with Bilha, which was. Dad's wife. Simeon, you guys remember, he was condemned along with Levi because of his cruelty. He had this this anger, right? And he slayed the Shechemites. We saw that. And so, the point, guys, that that I want to learn and I want to point here is that sin disqualifies us. Both Reuben and Simeon, guys, were disqualified. From leading Jacob's family as well as their firstborn inheritance, sin disqualifies us. So the question we gotta ask, does sin disqualify us? Are we then disqualified if we go out sinning without repentance or concern for the Lord's honor? Well, from leadership? Absolutely. Okay, from fellowship with believers? As with the man in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Quite possibly. Do you guys remember that? And here's the sad part. Are we disqualified from salvation? Yes, if our sin reveals that we're really not Christ at all. We have to be so careful. Because it's one thing to go... I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't live at all, and I don't know him. I, I'm a Christian in name only. Because that's not what it's about. What it's about is a real relationship with the God that created you. What it's about is that, is that you wake up every morning praying to a God that you love. What it's about is, it, it's, it's, it, it, I don't want to be disqualified. Disqualified. I guess the biggest thing, guys, in my life that scares me is the fact that that uh, I don't want an asterisk next to my name. You know what I'm talking about? You go down in history, well, here's a little asterisk. He, he almost finished well, but he did this, this, oh, he blew at the last two, right? I don't want that. We're called to finish well. We're called to finish well. But I love, guys, what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 15, 19 in the New Living Translation says this. Now how? This is how the Lord responds. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. What's he saying? Here's he saying. Still and always, guys, there's restoration available. And the faithful love of Jesus, if we're willing to come back to Him. That's what I love. Let me just say this habitual sin, everybody say that habitual sin in our lives can be a problem if it goes unchecked. I'm not talking, guys, when we stumble. Oh, I stumbled. Oh, man, I'm sorry, God. I'm talking habitual, it's a habit. This is something I'm doing. You know where the line is, and you go, yep, I know this is a sin. I'm going to do it anyway. You've got to be so careful. got to be so careful. Okay, back in verse 8. Then Israel saw Joseph's son and said, who are these? And Joseph said to his father, these are my sons whom God gave in me in this place. And he said, "Peace, please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now, the eyes of Israel were dim with age, That he could not see. Then Joseph brought him near and he kissed him and he embraced them. Now, I love this, guys. Why? Because it's a sweet moment for grandpa. Right? There's grandpa and he says, Who are these? These are my boys, right? Now, here's what I want you to remember. This is such a sweet moment, right? Don't don't miss the sweet moments. You go, why? Because they both thought they'd never see each other again. You understand that. When Joseph was being pulled out of a pit and sold to to slavery, he thought, I'm never going to see dad again. Dad got the news and thought, I'm never going to see. And so he's like, are you kidding me? Who, Who are these? And I love what dad says. Look at verse 11. He says, and Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face. But in fact, God has shown me your offspring. He's like, this is so cool. This is so cool. Why? Because I didn't even think I was going to see you again. Not only do I see you, I got to see your kids. This is super cool. Why? Here's what I want you to get. I love this verse. And if you're not afraid to write in your Bible, this is a good verse to just highlight. Why? Because it shows that God is so much bigger than us. He's so much bigger. He gives so much more. He's not. He's not just giving us, oh, here. Oh, well, if I... He says, listen. I didn't think I was going to see you, and I got to see your kids. What a blessing. What a blessing. All glory to God. I contrast this. I love that Jacob's old. I love that he's in a sweet moment right now. I love the fact that he's going, oh, God, you are so amazing. Wow. I didn't think I'd even see Joseph. I didn't think I'd see Joseph anymore. Not only have I seen Joseph, I got to see my grandkids. Oh, this is so cool. God, you are awesome. But I contrast to the person who finds negative in everything. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's that one person who (sighs) will find negative and doesn't give. I mean, I, I, I just see people like that It's like, well, Joseph, how long were you the prime minister of, of 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 Egypt? And you didn't come looking for me? Well, Joseph, I don't understand. Well, no, Joseph, your boys are okay, but you married an Egyptian woman, and so they're not really all Hebrew. That's not what that's not what Jacob says. And you go, Pastor. What's your point, guys? Guys, put on the glasses that God has given you, so that you can see the blessings in your life today, right now. Put on the blessings that you could go. Wow, I didn't think I was going to live to be this long. I didn't think I was going to see. I didn't. God, you are so good. How about tomorrow morning when you're driving to work and you see a beautiful sunrise? You go, God, you are so good. You're so you're so amazing. You're so incredible. Well, here, here begins the cross blessing, guys. Look at verse 12. He says, And Joseph brought them from the, from, from, beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth, and Joseph took them both Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right, and he brought them near. Look at verse 14. Then Israel stretched out his hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, which was the younger, and the left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly. Why? For Manasseh was the firstborn. He crossed his arms.
0: Huh.
1: Huh. Before he blesses the boys, he blesses Joseph. Look at verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and he said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who, what's that word? Fed me. You with me? The God who fed me. Do you guys see that? That is a strong reference to shepherd. It wasn't that God just fed. It's shepherding. This is where we first see shepherding, that God is our shepherd, the God who's fed me all my life along to the day. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that he shepherds us? Man, we're sheep, right? And how many of you know sheep are dumb? Sheep are dumb. Ah, we're dumb. We're dumb. You know that sheep will eat the grass until it's dirt? And then they'll eat the dirt until they get sick and die? Unless they have a shepherd say, no, 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 no. That's dirt. Come on over here. Come on over here. Aren't you glad that God is our shepherd? And when we do dumb stuff, or go, he says, okay, come on. And we go like, what am I doing, right? We're just shepherds. And so I love that. The God who's fed me all my life, he says, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be upon them, and the name of their fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now, again, remember, uh, verse 14, Jacob puts his right hand on who? Ephraim's head, and the word of God has always had the idea of a favored position. If you're going to put something on the right hand, this has always been the one with skill and strength. So Guess what Joe's going to do? Joseph's going to go, no, 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 no. Hold the phone, dad. I know you're old. I know you can't see. Hold on, dad, 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 right? Look at verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So what does he do? He took hold of his father's hand and removed it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not so, my father. For the one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. Look at verse 19. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he shall also be great. But truly, the younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude to nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God take you as Ephraim. And Manasseh. And he set up Ephraim before Manasseh. Wow, there's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on here. Why? Because he sits there and he says, okay, let me bless them. I can't see. And, and Joseph, no, 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 dad, 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 you got it wrong. I'm sorry. You, I understand. You're just old. He says, no, no, son, I know. Manasseh's going to be great. But Ephraim's going to be greater. Okay. Bible students, fast forward to the Exodus, okay? Fast forward to Joshua. What happened? The half-tribe of Manasseh, right? The half-tribe of Reuben, they decide not to go into the Promised Land, but to stay hanging out on what they call the east side of the Jordan River. Two and a half tribes stay there. Part of that is the half-tribe of Manasseh. Moses is like, are you sitting? Are you kidding me? What do you mean you don't want to go in, right? And then Joseph, and, and and Joshua says, little, you, you know. but here's the point. The point is, is that Manasseh, because they didn't go into the Promised Land, because they didn't get the allotment where God told them, but they hung out here on what we call the Trans East Side of the Jordan. You guys with me? They took Og and Bashan, and they had, this is great land, this is amazing land, but they should have been in the promised land. They were not in the promised land. You go, Pastor, your point, point. the point is, is that when they were attacked, they were attacked first because they didn't have their brothers to help them. It's a great lesson for us, guys. It's a great lesson. It's a great lesson apart from the Bible study is what? Guys, we've got to, we've got to huddle. God called us to be a family. God called us to be a family, okay? And He doesn't want us to be, because when, when, when you need your brothers and sisters, they gotta be close to you right here. And that, those are the first two and a half tribes to get wiped out as they came down. Where was Ephraim? Ephraim was in the promised land. Doing what God said. Amen. Now, In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, mark this down for reference, it tells us this. It says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. So he did this by faith. Okay? He was trusting on what God said. Number two... Jacob also made Joseph's son a byword, how so, of blessing for all of Israel. As a matter of fact, today, Jewish fathers would say to their children every Friday evening in the eve of Shabbat, right, before six, he says, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. They say that right now. So that still goes on in Israel today, every Friday evening before the Sabbath, uh, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. Now, here's the application. You guys ready? Ephraim, youngest. Okay. Ephraim was not the firstborn. Who was the firstborn? Manasseh. Good. Somebody's listening, right? But here's what I want you to see. He had the position of the firstborn in God's eyes. You with me, Joe? What about us? Think about it. What position does God see you in? See, that's been the biggest question. When it comes to salvation, we think that we have to do everything, that we have to work. And it's not what we have to do, it's how God sees us. And this is why in the Romans it says this, it says, listen, if you believe, guys, with your heart and confess them, you'll be saved. That's what he says. And positionally, I think I, I think um, Pastor Soph taught it. He taught us in the book of Ephesians. He said, positionally, this is what God sees. He sees you as saved. But I'm not. I'm a mess. I'm not the firstborn. I know, but this is what God sees. Isn't that worthy, worthy of an amen? I mean, seriously, because guys, think about it. We're mess-ups. We're sinners. We, uh if you knew some of the stuff that went through our brains, you'd be like, are you even saved? Yes, why? Because this is how Jesus sees me. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is at the end of the day, when I take my final breath, man, give me Jesus. I don't want anything else. I don't want my works. Well, you were a pastor for 30 years. I don't care. Give me Jesus. Because positionally, that's what he's going to see. That's what he's going to see. Okay, so let's close. Let's close with the last two verses. It says, Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given you a portion, one portion above your brothers, which I took from the land of the Amorites with my sword and my bow. So what's he saying? Jacob's final blessing to Joseph, he said, Give me an extra portion. Uh, he gave him an extra portion of land. Okay? He says, listen, here you're going to go. Now, next week, guess what? Next week, he's going to bless the rest of them. But they're not going to be cool blessings. He's going to be like Reuben, mm-hmm. Simeon. But Joseph got the blessing. Joseph, man, God's going to take you back to the land. Now, here's here here is here, Ready? I want to make sure that you pay attention. They've been in the land of Israel. They've been in the land of Egypt for how long? 17 years, right? Now, they're going to go back to the land. They're going to go back to Israel. They're going to go back to where God had promised them. Only problem is it's going to take a a little bit longer, isn't it? How long were they in the land of Egypt? Anyone? How much? 400? Do I hear 420? (laughs) 420 years. That's a long time to wait on God's promise, but 400, 420. But the bottom line is, is, that, is that, listen what he said. He said, I'm dying, but God's going to take you back. Moses wasn't even thought of. And yet, eventually, God's going to raise that up and take him into the land. It's so exciting, guys, because when you read Exodus, When you read the book of Joshua, you can look at the, at the land, how it's been proportioned out and go, yes, Joseph's boys got a double portion. He got more land. Now, when you read the book of Joshua, there's not the tribe of Joseph. It's the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh. Okay. Now, Levi, they're not counted as a tribe because they don't get any land. They're the priestly. So they don't, they didn't get an allotment of land. And so all of this plays in and goes, oh. Now, Jacob's final blessing, boom. Now, so what are our takeaways? What are our takeaways for tonight, okay? Our takeaways are really, really simple. The cross blessing we saw reminds us of the cross blessing we enjoy every single day. You see, the one thing we need to remember is that when we present the cross of Jesus to people, it's foolish to them. They don't understand it. But to us, when the scales fell from our eyes and we saw the god man on the cross, when we first believed, Guys, think about this. Think about this for a second. That wasn't fun for the Lord. That wasn't wasn't a good time for him. The cross wasn't something he's like, oh yes, I can't wait to go to the cross to save you. The word excruciating came from that. It was a pain like no other. And if we're honest, Brother Joe, if we're honest, we should have been put on the cross. Our sins. But he took them. And the blessing we have is so amazing. And the gospel is really simple, and you guys know this. Jesus Christ, God's only son, died on the cross so that you could live forever and be with him in heaven. And that's the best part. But the beauty of the cross is this. I can live with him now in my heart with peace and joy. I can study his word. Man, what a great life thank you for the cross amen father we thank you for the cross we thank you. what a blessing it is it wasn't a blessing for you lord that was excruciating pain it was amazing but but for us lord it brought faith and liberty and freedom and healing so lord i thank you for that lord i never want to leave lord i never want to leave a a service without giving somebody an opportunity. And so the question is, are you right with God tonight? Are you saved? Because God's well, God's God's standing with his arms wide open and he's inviting you into his family. And sometimes we think, well, I'll, I'll go to church here or I'll do this or I'll watch online, whatever it might be. And yet God says, man, I've directed this so that you can be saved. But you have to do something. You know, Pastor, what do I have to do? You have to to acknowledge. You have to surrender. You can't be playing games with God. God knows. And he has a plan for your life. So if you're watching online or you're listening by podcast, please, 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 I would ask you, surrender your heart to God today. Listen to that voice that's telling you today's the day. Open up your heart and invite him inside. Many people have. And if you're here at church tonight and God's been speaking to your heart and you're going, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Let me just do this. Let me make it easier And you. God's standing with his arms open wide, but you have to say yes. You go, what do I need to do? In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. Nobody's going to watch it. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. But if you just lift up your hand, I'll acknowledge you and God will see your heart. So if you're not right with God, those of you watching online and and those of you who are here, if you're not right with God, but you want to be, then all you have to do is simply lift up your hand right now. This is between you and God. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Could you do that right now? If there's anyone here, just want to make sure. I never want to leave an, an, an opportunity where it doesn't give you a, an invite into the kingdom of God. I'm inviting you right now into his family, but you've got to do it. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Father, we thank you, God, for tonight. We love you. We bless your holy name.
0: In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the donate button on Calvarychapelubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.